Hey y'all, uh, I'm here to talk to you about Gender Fluid's first sponsor. They're called Studio Headphones, and they are putting out a wonderful product. These headphones don't sacrifice their aesthetic for a poor audio quality. Uh, it's really kind of nice. I got sent a pair of the trays, which is their activewear model, and it's helped me get back into running. It makes me feel safe when I'm out because I can hear my surroundings around me, but I don't lose that beautiful, rich sound that I expect from like a high-quality headphone. Um, and now if you want, if you want to try some out, go to their website. That's studio.com, S-U-D-I-O.com. And you can use the promo code GENDERFLUIDS uh, to get 15% off your order. Um, I'm typically pretty skeptical of Bluetooth headphones and the quality they can provide, but these blew me the fuck away. They were amazing. So one more time, y'all, studio.com. Use the promo code GENDERFLUIDS to get 15% off your order. If you can't hear this beat in the background and the quality that it deserves, get yourself a pair of these fucking headphones. You ever like just talking to a new person and like, you know, Asperger's actually skipping all the small talk and going right into whatever. Yeah. And then you have this great conversation. <laughs> yeah. Every time. Um, and you have this great conversation and then, you know, seven minutes in, you're like, oh, I'm Ariel, by the way, you know. Yeah, yeah, so I, I think I've talked about this on here before, but I have an issue with uh, just in general getting drunk, meeting somebody, hmm. not remembering their name at all. But the next time I see them, them being like, oh, man, like that conversation we had really helped me. Like, I'm really glad you gave me that advice. And I'm like, dude, I don't remember oh, what we said. Like, sure. <laughs> I just have the ability to instantly go into something serious. It's like, I don't oh, remember like- your... F- I kind of remember your face, but definitely not your name. I had that experience just last night in Denton. This comic, he was as soon as I walked in, Ariel, you know, and I'm like, like so. Fuck. And there was this. Like, I don't. I, I'm just. I'm so unfazed by it at this point. Most of the time, um, I was just like, hey, you know, I just warmly greet anybody. And then he was it, like, the second time we interacted, he was like, you don't remember me, do you? And I was like, just give me a hint. <laughs> he was like, he described the situation, and I had like passionately given him tons of life advice and like really like um exhorted him to like move to austin for comedy and blah blah blah. and so uh anyway and then we and then i i did once he dropped my memory i remember the whole thing like oh yeah you and then we had a great conversation and i'm like but i also could look at his face and be like i have a warm feeling toward you i don't need to i don't remember the details but people get offended very quickly like i don't get offended if someone doesn't remember me at all maybe that's just out of a place of empathy yeah but People like are have issues. I told I had one lady at work tell me it while I was waiting to get food that I uh, viciously ignore her, and I was like, "It's like what?" I was like, "How the fuck do I viciously ignore you?" And Just like, like turn your head like jerkily every time. Yeah, she... but that's not it. Like what it is is I've realized because I've watched her in the halls. Right, uh-huh. she's a very talkative person and likes to engage with everybody. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to do shit as I'm walking around the halls. Like, I have a mission. Mm. I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to get a drink. I'm going to, you know, do a thing, right? Right. And when I see her, I always... She's complimented my shoes several times. I'm always like, oh, hey, how's it going? She's like, good. How are you? I'm like, I'm doing well. And I keep walking. For me, that's the interaction. That's it. But for her, she's like... She's expecting me to stop and talk. It's like, I'm not viciously ignoring you. Also, what a fucking phrase. How do you viciously ignore somebody? Yeah, if you said, hi, yeah, you too, whatever, that's not vicious. She knows my name, and I think she knows I don't know her name. Because, like, I don't fucking say her name ever. I'm like, hey, you, how's it going? She's like, I'm doing well, Austin. How are you? It's like, (laughs) pointedly. Yeah. Doing well, Austin. It's like, you're not going to phase me. I'm not going to give in to this. Just because you know my name. 
I mean, maybe I'm more memorable than you, bitch. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But I also like. Yeah. Like I'm bad with. I try to. I try to work on names, but there's just going to be too many people for that. But I feel like I would rather someone remember a warm feeling toward me, and re- or remember I was funny, or remember that they enjoyed a conversation, whatever it is, and and not remember my name than remember my name but nothing about me or our interaction. You know. So like that's that's something that I do a lot is like oh I. I, I know who you are. I mm-hmm. just don't know your name, you know. Names are boring anyways. Most people's. I mean, yeah. we have pretty cool names, but a lot of people are out there just with like super stupid names. My name's Susan. I don't give Susan? a shit. Susan, I know. What was that about? You know, at least... Thank God that name's kind of gone out the window. You know what name I think is really underrated? And I've only started thinking this because I now have a friend with this name, hmm. but I like it. Amber. Yeah. I like it because it's both a color, an object, and like a person, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I think there's something cool to it, but... It's not a bad name. It's Mm-mm. also like works as a stripper name if you want it to be, Yeah, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, if you were a stripper named Amber and that was your real name, you could just tell your clients your name was Amber, and yeah, they just think, well, that's a fake, fake name. name. Yeah, perfect. It's yeah. the perfect disguise. Hell Yeah. Advice to some strippers out there. If your name's Amber and you're not going into stripping, <laughs> you're kind of wasting a whole opportunity. What's been going on with you? Anything? Uh, I just got back from Dallas like an hour ago. Um, Just had like five days of shows there. And Dallas, the city, continues to be pretty iffy, in my opinion, um, quality of city-wise and audience members. But um, (laughs) In audience members? You know, just like people at comedy shows just aren't really comedy audiences. Uh, I mean, I don't mind there being conservative people, but like a lot of times the room will be very split between like half are totally liberal, half are totally conservative, which is an interesting dynamic. Denton is a really fun city, though, to do comedy um, and just to hang out in general. So I enjoyed, yeah, it's a college town. Yeah, a college town. But they were like, you know, really trying to build a, a little comedy scene out there. And it's... Um, Hell yeah. They have a comedy audience that's really awesome. So if you're in the Denton area... Just get to check out, out comedy. It's like Harvest House on Wednesdays, and on Tuesday it's wherever I was yesterday. Dan Silverleaf, and they have like several things. Anyway, it was awesome. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, but the most fun thing <laughs> in with the Dallas Dallas audiences, I was at this place on Saturday night called the Comedy Arena or something like that, mm-hmm. and this was one because at the end of my right at the end of my set, I did ask, and it turned out literally everybody on the left side of the room was liberal, and everyone on the right side of the room was concerned. They had. <laughs> They had self, um, pol- like, what do you call it? There's uh, a thesis to be written about that. It for was, sure. yeah. They were were completely, um, um, what's what? Any of segregated, the words? Segregated, separated, yeah, they segregated divided. themselves, right? Um, and so I would find that out later, but we could kind of tell. Like, I we I had looked at um, them and kind of seen, like, okay, and people had already made jokes about how, like, maybe these people, most of these people had voted for Trump or whatever, which later it, it turned out they had. Um, but <laughs> so this whole Trump supporting people, the, the comic who'd been on before me, Wes Corwin, very funny guy, um, he had used the phrase poor pussy a couple of times, f- like, for some random joke. And so when I got on there, I was like, y'all have to know, like, poor pussy is this game. Like that was the name of a game that we played as a family where, um, what you do is, uh, one person is it and they, and they have to get on their hands and knees and like act like a cat and go up to the members of their family <laughs> and 
And then whoever like they go up to has to rub their head three times and say, poor pussy, poor pussy, poor pussy, without laughing or else they're it. So Why? This is, is this, this a, a Mormon game? game? Is, yeah, well, it's did just anyone like else from, in the audience know about this game? I, th- I think maybe one person did. That's maybe no fucking did. free. That's um, not it's, okay. It's Google. There's a good Wikipedia. It's this game that like, it's one of these from the 50s. was an innocent time where the word pussy didn't quite mean what it does. I guess like, I don't know if people just, people, it was on the fringe that anyone used it until maybe the 70s or I don't know but anyway so it was this family game we played it regularly as a Mormon family so so I so I got on my knees hands and knees and I was like to this guy who again like totally Trump supporting just like good old like boy like a raised stage and you crawled to the edge of the stage no I just got off the stage a little bit got in front of like just got <laughs> on on the floor with him and I just told him I was like okay so just imagine I'm your mother <laughs> and you're my 16 year old son who's you know the oldest of the five kids whatever mm. And yeah, and um, and I mean, all everybody in the room was just like dying about this, and all the Trumps. I mean, they were all taking out their phones and videoing this. I was like, and just so I'm gonna, so I'm gonna act like a cat, and you, and so I started like, I mean, I was like, you get into, I was like, I was like, and he at first didn't do it, and he was just like. Uh, and so I was just like, okay, no, you gotta do this. Isn't like a me too trick where I'm gonna, <laughs> no, you know. And so I was like, Meow. and finally he starts just rubbing my hair, and he got kind of got into rubbing my hair. And he was like, oh, poor pussy, poor pussy, poor pussy. And I was like, all right, good enough, good enough, good. Anyway, it was just such a fun moment because here we have this room that. Uh, you know, is is like this divided and these Trump supporters and God knows what they might have thought about me or what I was about to to start talking or joking about. Poor pussy was not in the they fucking game plan. They did not have any idea this fucking genderqueer lesbian was about to rub <laughs> some dude's knee. Anyway, and then I just like started talking and telling whatever jokes I wanted to. I can't even remember. I mean, I think I talked about... That's a fucking opener. That's what that is. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. So that was definitely a highlight. How do you release the tension in a hostile fucking room? partisan tension. Uh, I play poor pussy, poor pussy, poor pussy with my audience <laughs> my, members. Uh, my opener is poor pussy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome to Gender Fluids. hey There's a good one. Yeah. We'll get off on that. This is the Gender Fluids Podcast with Austin Smart and Ariel Norman. It's a podcast about all the sex and all the people. If you want to follow us on social media, check us out at GenderFluidsPod on Twitter, at GenderFluidsPodcast on Instagram, or if you're on FetLife, find us under GenderFluids. Enjoy the episode, y'all. It's just a great name. <laughs> it's just a great name. Like that could be a band name. Hello, everybody. We are poor pussy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're the poor pussies. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, and all pussy in the cover band. Pussy. Uh, fucking uh, all Josie and the Pussycats cover band. There you go. And uh... see, I think of them not as a real band, but just as like a spinoff of Archie Comics that is fake but there really was a band called Josie and the Pussycats huh I think so 
What didn't they? Didn't oh they no, just... the Pussycat Dolls. That's who I'm thinking of. Oh, you're of. thinking of the Pussycat Dolls. That's now. who. That's where my head's at. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. they just made a movie of Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. I don't think it's a real band. I fucking, uh, man, Pussycat Dolls was uh, early on sexual awakening. Mm-hmm. Like me. The button song. Yeah, I used to dance to that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just for me, like singing, don't you think your girlfriend, like mm-hmm. that was a big oh, deal. Like when I like, figured oh, out, girl. yeah. <laughs> well, not just that, but it's like, I, yeah, I want to make a guy jealous of like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah, lots of little things like that. They're like Franz Ferdinand song Michael, where it's like a man singing like, so come and dance with me, Michael. Like, uh, it's all about like two dudes hooking up and like uh-huh. that fucking really hit home with me. And I was like, oh shit. I like made up a boyfriend in uh, sixth grade to like impress people with mm-hmm. that like I was like kind of coming out to. And I was like, yeah, my boyfriend's name is Michael. You had a fake boyfriend. You had a Canadian boyfriend. <laughs> I don't know. He was from McKinney in my... Oh, just you didn't <laughs> yeah. put him that far. You're no, like, no. McKinney's far enough. He's reachable. He's reachable. Yeah. It's yeah. Just... yeah, it's a believable story. Where did you meet Michael? Oh, I didn't have to get into that much detail because it was all no like... I wanted to know about your gay shit. No, well, not only that, but it was all through note writing during class or like hushed whispers. Like it was oh. sixth grade, so we were like... Oh, I see. There wasn't a lot of hanging out and talking and like, at least not where I was telling these stories. Did you ever just kill Michael off or... No, I mean, it didn't no never go that far. Nothing, never got that involved. I mean, did you tell people that y'all did anal or blowies or anything? I just told them I'd made out with him. Okay. Gross. <laughs> I don't know. Two men kissing yeah, kind of grosses me. <laughs> uh, sorry if two 12-year-old boy people are, or penis people are... You know, making out like, I don't want to see thing. two men kissing, but I want one to forcibly fuck the yeah, other. Yeah, I think that makes complete sense. There's kissing is like so too tender. Kind of kind of gay and tender. Your masculinity, yeah, exactly. It's just just, it's pretty. Yeah, I don't like it when they're all feminine and gay and stuff. Kissing, just look, fuck this dude, but don't be all faggy about it. All right, no emotions. Mm -hmm. Don't get invested. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just pure (laughs) hedonism and masculine energy. Mm -hmm. That's how men should fuck, in my opinion. See, that's why that's where your power bottomness comes from. You're like, I don't want you to love me. I just want you to fuck fuck the shit out of me. Please just yep. pa- let me be your power bottom. Yep. Let me be your good boy. Yep, yep, yep. Um Maybe uh, that's why you like this whole good boy thing. Is poor pussy had it planned in your head from a little bit to like be subservient and like yeah, get your pets and poor pussy game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. oh, poor pussy. My, I'm just crying as my mom <laughs> rubs my head and says, "Poor pussy to win." <laughs> oh, my mommy issues. Just uh, oh god. <laughs> it's too bad there's no videos of us playing that as a family. I'm glad there's not. Yeah. I don't think I could watch that. It's being so uncomfortable. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I think uh, I think one sick was there was a petition to change it to to poor kitty because my dad my dad at one point was like it's getting out of hand (laughs) okay you're 16 years old you can't be putting your head in my lap anymore it's not well it's he's just like i can't say poor pussy to my children (laughs) so but then once it's poor kitty because there was uh, uh, you know the alliteration makes it funny that's where it's it's the alliteration but also then we kind of knew that when we even when we were little we kind of knew that pussy was like could be a word for yeah but then it was as we got older, it just became too... It, it, because the culture changed. It used to be like, now the word pussy just is pussy. It's No one uses that for cat. But 
there was a shift where people called cats pussies and and then it like the usage just flipped and so over the course of our childhood even in mormon circles we just started to have to admit like okay the word pussy is just pussy now there's no saving this there's no cat yeah. no one's thinking about cats. yeah damn yeah damn you uh but no, maybe that's why i like meowing so much you like meowing? It's like one of those really Wait, gay things. Back that, back that up. You like meowing? Well, I do kind of enjoy... I really like cats. And it's just one of those like really gay things that I have to stop myself from doing. Um, like, I just like... <laughs> I like to, I just... But, you know, lesbians, it's like not a good thing to be... Yeah, to be when is this happening? This. When when were you meowing? When were you finding the space in the... T- like, what was a moment where you'd be like, meow? <laughs> Uh, I think I do think like my my first long term girlfriend when I was twenty one we were just letting ourselves be that gay, um, and it stuck for you. You were like, I it's just in my head. Like I don't I try not to do it, but I think I Katie well, probably heard me meow accidentally twice. You know, a few times without you know I don't mean to. You so know, it like, just comes out every now and then because <laughs> <laughs> I just get into a space. Of, <laughs> fun to do what the fuck it's fun to do a little cat dude i've met people that are kind of in this so girls Mm -hmm. meowing is not like a new thing right sure i'm sure that there's like people who take it to a gross sex place well yeah but i've also met just like weird caddish people that are just like too into it and they're just like meow meow yeah, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, and I'm yeah, like, ugh, I would but hate that's crime you're that. fucking there, man. That's I just, like don't, a I just thing. keep it in. Oh, I'm, I'm that's like, not, I'm all kinds mm-mm. of dorky, nerdy, geeky loser in the inside. I just kind of have, you know, learned how to just not let most. And of every that now out. and then, the select meow is your, it is it spewing comes out? out. Yeah, yeah. It just comes out. Yeah. Have you ever like? <laughs> never mind. I was like, have you ever meowed while you're masturbating? Like, no, ah, no, meow. not at all. <sighs> yeah, just no. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah no i've never done that if i did i i think i would stop masturbating but who knows? Mm. but now there's a part of me that's like well I, now i kind of well, want to see maybe i should try it i mean mm. yeah let that be your meow space no but see as much as like i love cats but i just don't um identify as one i don't identify no i identify as as more of a puppy natured yeah. person so like i don't like I'm attracted to people with more of a cat personality, mm-hmm. um, but the kind of person who would have a cat personality would never meow. <laughs> so <laughs> this is just a weird. I just like I feel like I have a pretty good meow, and it just kind of is. It's like almost tickish. It can become if I get into um, if I were to meow a few more times, it would almost become like OCD ish tickish yeah, to yeah. like want to do it more. I feel that. So I better not, even though I want to right now. I do that with phrases like word or I feel like I feel that or things like that mm-hmm. uh, that are just easy to slip in like oh right on like no. I don't actually no. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so anyways I was uh <laughs> I was doing my taxes and I was like what <laughs> <laughs> oh boy it's really it's just like the funniest thing because especially in like my early 20s dating chicks especially if i met them on like okay cupid back in the day or something there were some who would text meow or even say I, that she, i text like, it but i text it in place of now a la storm uh, super troopers yeah that's different i'm I'll talking like, about i'm heading there meow i'm talking about people communicating with meows that's via text. Fu- yeah. like how like just fucking um meow 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 
just instead of a like where some people would use an emoji now uh, for something, they'd be like, "Wow." I do say like, "Oh, meow." Like, um, yeah, this wasn't like being silly. This is like I'm talking about people who are that legit. Geeky. Yeah, I'm feeling that. Mm-hmm. So, I think that hopefully that's died out, but maybe some it young has not, geeky dude. People. Anime girls. Oh that's my god, true. anime girls are all about that dumb shit. Okay. And like, if you're an anime girl, I'm sure what you're into is perfectly wonderful. Yeah, but like when I'm it is when to I see everyone else, yeah, which is fine. I'm into some things that yeah, no one true. else, no one else besides me and like two thousand other dumb motherfuckers care about Italian progressive rock from the '60s and '70s. That sounds horrible, but yeah. it's fucking sick, and I care about it. If I had thousands of dollars to spend on those records, I would. Just like you spend money on your little anime outfits and. You practice meowing, I'm guessing. Like, I've seen people walking around, you know, with like little people do collars, mm-hmm. but like being a kitten's a thing. And so people will walk around with like little cat bell collars. And I fucking hate that shit. Yeah. Like, your clothing should not make a sound. Like, if your clothing is like impeding on my like auditory experience, I fucking hate you. Oh, you're I just, just don't like you as a person. Issue. Yeah. I was just thinking you were like having a fun, hate filled, like you're a fucking loser moment. But no, no, it's like. Fine. If you've got a bunch of fucking chains on your jeans, like if you mm. like the whole like goth thing from the early late nineties, early two thousands, like get the fuck out. Like Good point. Yeah. I hate it. No one needs to know you're there. If anything, we don't need to know you're there so we can hit you with a car. <laughs> Good. Ooh, that hit me. Good. I haven't smoked today, and so it's just like, ah. Let's do this. Uh, I almost took a gummy bear for my drive. I was just like, so not into that drive. I love that drive. I just wasn't into it today, because I kind of felt like I had to poop, because mm. whatever. I had Taco Cabana last night. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Dude, I I could not. Does this ever happen to you, where your body just doesn't want you to sleep all night, because you have to take a shit, but you're not ready to take a shit? Yeah, usually I just get up and take a shit, though. No, but like, or it wouldn't let me. Like, it was like, <laughs> really? <laughs> what happens. Yeah, I've never told you about this. <laughs> no. That's a bit. I, I really want to bring it back. <coughs> I did it like at Nasty's once back in the day, and that's about it. Like, because if I, uh, I'll have dreams that I have to pee, um, you know, but then like I get something will happen. There's, there's no toilet paper or yeah. there's people in the restroom, whatever. And so I have shy bladder. So there's all these ways my brain stops me from peeing. And when I wake up, it's like, oh, right. Thank you for saving me from peeing myself by making it so that there were other girls in the restaurant. You know, like my brain mm. saves me. Um, so I get the same thing if I have to poop at night. It's just that I keep trying to have anal sex and <laughs> my efforts keep getting thwarted. <laughs> and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, that's crazy. I have to poop. That's nuts. I wish that was the case. It's for hot. Me. Oh, I enjoy the shit out of it. Yeah, literally. Well, gross, but I, yeah, no, I mean, it's just like, oh, these hot scenarios keep unfolding or like sometimes in the dream, I'm like, I'm masturbating. I'm trying to get some time alone so that I can masturbate anally while thinking about that stuff. But then when you're masturbating in dreams, it's like you can, you have such vivid fantasies that it's like, you know, so it's just like a tangled web of dream and fantasy anyway. But yeah, it always gets interrupted but someone someone always walks in on the, at the last moment or something damn and your yeah. head is fucking playing games with you but then but it's it's like my head is making me not poop myself i guess yeah so if i ever had anal in the dream i guess i would probably poop myself in real life i don't know but one time i i still peed in the dream and then when i woke up i hadn't peed myself so 
I mean, those controls go deep. So, like, uh, there's a large community that's, like, into uh, continents play, I guess you could call it. There is, sure. So, like, it brushes up, of course, against, like, ABDL stuff, but it also just goes, which is adult baby diaper lover. But then it also just goes into the DL side of that. Like, there's often a slash in the middle. Uh-huh. Um, and there's those are people who Some just want to be adult adults in diapers. Like, yeah, you they, just be like, a, they just have they just have like person. a diaper fetish, right? And then some of those people even like you know want to actually need and have to use diapers. Like they don't want to have it be a choice of when they go to the bathroom, and so they actually go through reverse potty training, like potty <laughs> untraining. And like I want a reverse potty trainer shirt, like for. <laughs> Instead of coach, it just yeah, or says, no, like trainer, like at a gym, they'll have trainer, just yeah, like reverse ballet trainer, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I love that. If anyone wants to hire me, I'm we can make, learn how to do. We that should make work. one of those. That'd be fucking funny. Um, but yeah, so the controls, like the muscle control, and like how deeply ingrained potty training is in like little kids, sure. is kind of unreal. So I've read these people have like diaries that they put online of like different methods they've used so and different great. suggestions and like tips on how to like untrain yourself, how to let yourself learn and to it, let go of your retention. You're not even learning to let go at first. Like you're, it, it takes months often, like sure. minimum six months, a lot of times like a year. And then uh, after when they're always like the warning you always see is like, look, once you undo this, it is almost impossible to go back. Oh, no. It is almost impossible. Like you might regain a little bit You're of control. You're never going to be potty trained again. <laughs> yeah. You can't. It's really hard to re potty train yourself. Shit. Yeah. So, uh, but like they're, the big thing is like a lot of people, you know, want to like wet the bed and like be, have like nighttime like accidents and shit, right? Uh-huh. So when you're like, I wonder if I'm just going to pee myself, like if I actually, or shit myself, if I actually like had anal in the dream. It's like, I don't think so. Like, I think those things are so deeply yeah. ingrained into you that like you can't do it. Like people are always like, I'm yeah. going to piss my pants. It's like, no, you're really not. Like really for you to actually but, piss yourself, yeah. it's going to take a lot I to break so through that. I am so particularly retentive, anal retentive, shy bladder. Like yeah. I, that, yeah, like I said, once or twice I have successfully in the dream been peeing and then been just, and then it's like, oh, I still have to pee. It'll occur to me a minute later. Yeah. And then I wake up and it's like, oh, I uh, still didn't pee myself. Cool. Well then- these dreams are just frustrating for no reason, but yeah, the anal ones at least are. Well, I mean, what a tease! And then you try to <laughs> yeah, that does suck. You try to wake up and like masturbate real quick, but a lot of times it's just like oh, that you know, the perfect vividness has gone too quickly. Not only it's that, not but the like same. It's such a deep, rich sensation when you're having like a sexual dream that you cannot recreate it you in real life. Quite it's just it. such a visceral so, kind of moving. once or twice. I've been like still kind of in like half asleep, and you just kind of like oh, let me move the blanket and then uh, but it just yeah it's just not mm. mm-hmm. yeah god is such a cock tease with this god is such a cock dreams. tease yeah. we're just p- popping these slogans out today god is such a cock tease po- yeah, uh, unpotty uh, trainer reverse potty <laughs> reverse trainer. potty trainer we're gonna get the gender fluid shirts rolling out pretty soon oh fuck man uh that yeah but it's Sorry, not to go back to it unnecessarily, but I, yeah, I put a lot of time reading about this shit because it fascinated me that this was a yeah. thing that people can do. People choosing to take their fucking red pill on body training themselves for life. Uh, what a choice. Damn, man, that is commitment. Because it's like, maybe you have someone who loves you now and who is maybe into this shit or supportive of your shit, but like, 
they they could leave you. Yeah, not only and, that, but it's expensive because it's like you are now incurring the cost of having to have all diapers, diapers all day. Like when I read about the amount of like fucking work and planning that has to go into it, like the people that do this, I mean, and props to them constantly stress like this is a big this is a thing you are choosing to do. I I love doing it. I don't regret it, but be aware of what you're getting not a lot into. Of working class people are getting into this. No, um, they are. Oh, this they've is just so found, expensive. But they found like ways and like they post these tips on forums like of like how to buy like bulk cheap diapers online yeah. and then like the best plastic. Well, I was thinking because a lot of times adults, like especially that, if you're like a younger onset thing where you're incontinent and you do have to wear adult diapers, like a lot of times if you have some kind of sickness, like people in your community know about or there's some there's some government stuff for it, like you might be able to get assistance with those diapers, but these people yeah. are just out of pocket paying for, for however many decades they're still alive. Yeah. I mean that is another small part, smaller part of the community is like people who were already incontinent for some reason. Yeah, sure. And then they're like, yeah, let's eroticize this. Well, yeah, this or like, point. yeah, or slightly incontinent or like, it's yeah. like, I mean, I could control it, but I was having to go to the bathroom every 30 minutes. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I was like, in at that point for sure. And, yeah. And they're like, so I just like one day decided to try diapers and guess what? It worked out. Like it, totally. it really got like, it's nice. And then I found a way yeah. to like, yeah, eroticize it and make it a fetish and like a thing that's like a fun part of my life. Or even just to poop yourself kind of does sound fun. I mean, just... I couldn't do that, man. I couldn't either, but I'm saying if you did lose, you just silver lining, right? You just try to see the positive side. So if you yeah. do lose your, your butt continents, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> so they use uh, accidents and wedding for the front, and then the back is like messing, uh, uh, is like the phrase. Or like well, or or losing uh, bowel control yeah, is what so they refer to Yeah, so if you've already back. lost bowel control from some issue, you know, some d- disorder, disease, whatever, then, yeah, I mean, you may as well just be like, well... Let's do I this. mean, let's see what it feels like to poop yourself just out of curiosity. Um, the interesting thing, the craziest part is when they describe like the sensations of it. Because like, it's not that you just learn to relax and use the bathroom. It's that you eventually don't realize it's happening until it's already happening. Whoa. So it's like you don't feel like you necessarily need to pee because you're not peeing in streams anymore. It becomes like tiny, like they intermittent dribbles and bursts every life like, in such a like minutes. charming flow of just like, you know what I mean? Like think about all the time that I and energy I have into thinking like, oh, I almost have to use the restroom. Oh, yeah. Know, it's about time. It's to, always a thing in the oh, back of your then, head. Yeah. That's like, uh, you know, one time I tweeted, life's just an endless stream of do, would I rather be thirsty or have to pee? And that's like, <laughs> that's, and not to mention the poop situation, but like, yeah. So if you just never thought about, cause I remember one time I was on shrooms with my first ex-wife mm-hmm. and I said I had to pee and she was like, no, you don't. And I was like, I mean, no, but I have to pee. I'll be more comfortable if I pee. And she's like, just, just wait it out. And so I kind of did. And then I kind of forgot about it for a while and yeah. then it came back a little stronger, and she and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I didn't really have to pee." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah," um, and I and in Orion jobs where like if you, if you just go for longer, then you realize you don't have to pee. But like, but then but the thing is like you you a lot of us are at these jobs where every time you pee, you get a little break. You know, it's incentivized. It's incentivized to to like have a bladder that you have to keep emptying out because I want to check Twitter and shit. See, I kind of make it for me. It's more, and I, I definitely feel that. But I can, I guess, since I can, uh, I can do Twitter and shit while I work. Mm-hmm. 
it's not really incentivized for that reason. It's just, I do get the relief of just like being, being away. Yeah. 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 So like, and that way it is for me, what it's closer to like an experience wise for me is like eating and hunger. So I get mm. that feeling where it's like, I've had to learn to control like my, like say sh- my like desire to like consume yeah. and eat because like I'll, will be sitting at work and I'll be like, Oh, I'm hungry right now. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're not actually hungry right now. Right. Keep that was your you first stop and you moment of like yeah, kind of a hunger pain. Just because you feel a little hunger doesn't right. mean you are like hungry or need to eat. That's more of like if you were an ancestor, it'd be like, perhaps we should consider starting to move toward a tree. You know, it's like, you know, just in, just putting a feeler out there in case it's going to take you a while to get food. Mm-hmm. You might want to start considering it, but it yeah. doesn't take us a while to get food. So that first moment isn't a time where we need, you know, unless you're you're planning on cooking a nice dinner, in which case that's what I do. It's like, oh, I do. I work for a while when I have like yeah. a relationship like that. And then you start to feel a little hungry and you go, OK, now I start cooking. And then in an and hour the, when I'm hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's weird. I wish. uh I wish there was like a switch you could flip to like turn like that continence thing on and off because of all the things we've talked about, like that would be, that's such a, it's, it, I, it has such an interesting intersection of like pragmatics and fetish, right? Mm. Like, you know, puppy stuff or like being a human pony or like a lot of the things we've talked about aren't, don't serve a pragmatic purpose most of the time, but this is like kind of adjacent to a medical fetish that's like a serves a the diaper serves a day-to-day routine routine oh the fucking purpose jesus i'm high yeah Uh but it's like it would be interesting to like to be able to turn that on and off it's like what would that just like letting that that part of your head go be like yeah hashtag diaper life yeah like that that's i hadn't thought about it until you brought it up of like of like what that would free up in your brain yeah just like the processing power but then maybe it's fucking taken up with worrying about pissing and shitting yourself all the time it's like the silicon valley guys who are like um yeah exactly and then you have to take the actual time to change your diaper so. yeah so maybe that would yeah, take up like oh fuck does, i gotta find a bathroom this right does now take up. but uh. I, maybe they just keep saving it up until it's like too full i don't know um but you know like mm-hmm. the silicon valley guys are making those like soylent drinks and so other these ones are like a meal in a, in a thing and it has the caffeine and it ha- or you know or some of them don't have, but just a meal it wasn't meant to taste good it just had all the nutrients and even fiber in there and the, their idea was like yeah i don't want to spend time <clears throat> Getting food. I'm too busy doing brilliant programming shit, whatever. Oh, yeah. And that's the, and yeah. guys could be wearing diapers, too. The whole same thing of, like, you wear the same thing every day because like, right. you don't, like, think about Steve it. Steve Jobs nonsense, yeah. Didn't Obama do it, too? Like, he didn't Maybe. wear the same thing, well, but he wore, Well, if you're wearing a like, suit, like, who cares, but... Yeah. And also, he's probably got someone to pick it out for him if sure. he really How needed it. Sure. I make, yeah. But I like to believe he has style. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, so these guys could be drinking their, their Soylent or whatever and then pooping Soylent. into their... Di- because it's it's liquid too. I know, so mostly it just they're gonna pee. They could get a uh, oh, it's supposed to be, and then you could get a catheter or something and have a very efficient life. Mm. The catheter thing is another thing people are into, but it's obviously much more select and like tiny because that's fucking involved. It's pretty involved, yeah. But Do you, you remember that David Sedaris story where he just out of never read a lot curiosity? of David Sedaris. It's very funny. And uh, he, I, I read him and his voice annoyed me. Oh, I I don't. Not auditory voice, like the voice that I got Uh-oh. from his like writing annoyed me. Oh, I was gonna say I just don't like his auditory voice because I I like I read him in my head one way, and then when I heard his real voice, I was like, no, you're ruined a little bit forever yeah. for me. He's had some good. I've read some good pieces by him, but like 
Yeah. Well, some of his books were very whole. funny. But he was just like a few books in, I, guess, I think because he was already kind of, you know, rich and famous uh, relatively at this point. He just was just needed something to write about. And so he just ordered a catheter and, and you know, just wore it around to various things. And Hell just, yeah. He wrote about his I'll, read, I'll fucking read that. That's say, cool you as might shit. Find, like one time he just went and lived on a nudist colony for a week just to write about it. Like he would just do these have these experiences some of them were stories from his fucked up childhood and stuff huh. or just like tw- early 20s jobs and things but then other times he would just be like nope that, i'm gonna the, go the, do that, this thing the book naked um it's just the last i think it's the last story in naked is the one where he goes into his colony and yeah you probably should give him a chance okay i mean everybody i know that reads him enjoys him I mean, it's not, and I'm not disliking him because of that either. Like, I just, I read him, I think, in ninth or 10th grade and just sure. was not, I was like, meh. See, I, uh, my friend had told me, like, oh, that he reminded me, uh, her, her of him and uh, whatever, that I reminded her of him. And um, some people had seen, you know, started, and I read them. And I, that's why I wanted to be a writer for a while because I was going to do that style of, like, these little vignette memoir things. Um, so huh. you can make fun of them all you want, but I mean, I don't have anything to make fun of them on the ground. Stuff. Anyway, yeah. that was my, one of my alternate lives. And he's a, a little gay boy. So fucking there look you have at it. You. There you have it. Yep. <laughs> so he was like a little gay boy had already done that. So now I got to go do something else. Hey guys, I am here to talk to you again about Studio Headphones, but this time I'm bringing up a different model than I did earlier. I'm going to talk to you about the Regents. Um, They're pretty fucking sick, so this Regent is their over-the-ear model, and with these, they've truly aimed for the highest instrumental tones and kind of audio quality you could get out of a Bluetooth headphone. Uh, I have been blown away by them personally, in particular with how long the battery life lasts. It has 24 hours of active battery life. And if you're a lazy motherfucker like me and leave your headphones on all day, it has 20 days of standby time. So you can go a while without having to recharge these bitches, okay? Um, But the audiophile skeptic in me was also very pleased by them because in addition to being a Bluetooth headphone, they come with the ability to switch into a corded headphone. So if you're really trying to listen to that flak file in the best, you know, least like disturbed way possible, you can do that with these headphones. Because look, guys, at the end of the day, the Scandinavian design of these motherfuckers are, ugh, beautiful. I mean, how many headphones do you know that go over the ear that come with interchangeable ear caps just so you get that perfect suction fit? Not many. With the Studio Regents, you get to pick the cap size that goes over your ear, which for Asperger's and me is a beautiful, beautiful option. Uh, head to studio.com to check out all of their models and be sure to use the promo code GENDERFLUIDS for 15% off any purchase. Okay, I wanted to talk about feminist porn and Excellent. this idea I have about it or surrounding it. Okay. Um, so we, you know how in the comedy world and also like in the music world, there's been like this debate amongst feminists and amongst women 
about using things like female comedian and all female comedy shows and whether it's a good or a bad thing or not. I mean, I haven't seen like the public debates, but I've had them on a local level with people. Yeah. And then, okay, well, so there is, there are larger public debates happening about it and not just in comedy, but also like in the, in music. So it's like a lot of like women don't like being called like a woman fronted band. Even if it's a woman and a bunch of men or like an all female band. They just want to be a band. Yeah. Cause it's not like you're not having all dude, you know, like, Oh man, this dude fronted band. Right. Um, and so the ideas are like, sometimes it is good to have these spaces right. because they're necessary to help people who can't typically get a spot or wouldn't normally get a nod. Get that time. Right. The bad thing about these spaces also is that, like... We're inherently making a big deal about gender. Yes. And that, like, it shouldn't be a factor. It should just, like, you should just have a comedy show that has all women on it most of the time, right? There should be that number. There should... It should just be, like, another metal band instead of, like, a female metal band. Well, I was like, okay, so that's the kind of the discussion there. The same thing should be applied to porn, so there's this whole movement of like feminist porn and like if you go to Pornhub you can look up feminist porn mm-hmm. and then all the other porn is separated from it. Okay. It's like, well, okay, so typically what that is is like it's a little softer, it's not as intense. Okay. Like it's a little bit more like typically a little better produced in a lot of ways, but like it's more female oriented also is what it is. It's like more focused on the woman's pleasure. Yeah. The problem I have with it is is that like why should why are we calling it? I mean, I think for now we should call it feminist porn, but eventually that right. should just be porn. That needs to start seeping into the rest of it and kind of become, yeah. Well, that should just be the, if we're all claiming to be feminist, we should just make that the standard right. and then just have that be porn and like start like doing away with this like older, shittier, like male gaze directed stuff. Even though not to like take the male gaze out of porn because a lot of men watch porn and that's what you want to see. But at the same time, like you start to shift that center away from it. I don't know. The other thing that pissed me off about it, though, is that it's insinuating that all these other things happening on the website aren't feminist. Mm. So it's like, just because like it's an intense BDSM scene or like a woman's being called a dirty whore doesn't mean that that's not necessarily like feminist porn. Like well, there's some feminist like, things okay, about this is that. Specifically, what you might think of as if you think of feminist porn over here. And then, and then there's everything else. Like, if you click on anal, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be a gangbang. You know what I mean? It's like there's overlap. So like, this is particular like feminist yeah. form. That doesn't mean that some of the other stuff might not be. But I do think that like typically people are thinking of yeah, like everything else is probably directed by a dude and made more for dudes, which. Yeah, not all that stuff, especially if you start getting into kinkier stuff. Um, it's not necessarily for dudes any more than it is for chicks. Yeah. And look, I mean, I get the reason is it that category exists. Yeah. Like, I get why it needs to be there. But I think that, like, that's not a conversation that's happening alongside these other very similar conversations yeah. of, like, feminist porn is essentially the same as having an all-female comedy show, right? So far as, like, if we're talking about kind of like social group dynamics and like labeling each other and like keeping each other separate but trying to elevate at the same time right i mean it's just one of those things where in order to change things we have to kind of cheat a little bit we have to kind of give give a handicap a little bit but then 
you want to minimize that as much as possible and just, you know, yeah, I think about the the female business, um, like in comedy. Um, so, um, but I do feel strange about all women shows, all women mics. I, I'm not sure what I really think about that, but I do think maybe it's just like, it's not ideal, but neither is society. So we have to do some not ideal stuff yeah. to try to push into the ideal, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I guess I'm not exactly on board with you there, where it's like, yeah, it's not ideal, but that's what we need to do to make to try to move toward a more yeah. utopian society. I had an interesting experience with the whole all female like show and open mic uh, kind of situations that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, so there was a girl here in town who's been doing comedy for a while, and at one point she hosted an open mic in her apartment where she just like cleared it out. And she invited a bunch, like me and one other or two other like female comics or women comics that have been doing it for a while. And mm-hmm. then, then the majority of people she invited were just people and women or just women that she had known and that had at some point mentioned that, oh, I would love to try it. Right. But right. was never going to go to Mr. Tramps or to fucking right. Cherrywood where it's like. I mean, look, Cherrywood's a wonderfully safe space. Mr. Tramp's not so much, right? Yeah. It's like, who knows what the fuck's going on I wouldn't on say Cherrywood's a wonderfully safe space. But it's Just like... socially, it's... I mean, I could see being pretty intimidated. It could be intimidating, but it's not... Right. It's not like... Mr. Tramp's feels a mm. little... Like, for sure, Cherrywood's for sure. a fucking coffee shop, right? right? Yeah. So there, it's just a different intensity of those two. But still, nonetheless, like, I... At first, I, I went, honestly, like, not knowing what I was going to think. I was just there to hang out, and I was going to do, like, a little bit of time. <clears throat> but, like, there was probably 22, like, people there besides me um, and, like, these other three girls. All of them really young women, and, like, a lot of them were, like, fucking hilarious. That was yeah. the first thing. And then, two, but it was just, like, they'd never been... And, like, I know a part of comedy is, like having to learn to be in uncomfortable situations and do your jokes yeah. anyways. But like for your first time, like I was like, shit, I was like, there's, there's at least two people in here that are going to do this one more time now. Yeah. Cause like they were fucking good. And like, you could see that they like figured it out and that they felt it, but like they hadn't ever had a space where they could tell, tell, jo- tell jokes, tell jokes, kind of like fucking relate to them and get them and that they don't have to worry about any bullshit, like right. encountering like any some dumb dude's bullshit or like some like or just feeling like yeah. small and like an idiot. Yeah, you know? uh, I yeah or I infantilized think that, and like yeah and like here's the thing: some people bombed. It wasn't just like a For purely sure. like everybody's great. It's like yeah, no, not everybody is great <laughs> at this. But like you're here, they will clap at the end when you're done because you right. did it. But yes. that's it. Yes. Uh, but that clap at the end is a big thing, and that's places yeah. like Fallout Theater, for instance. You know, comedy audiences who are there to support the show and whatever. It is a, it is key. Even if you bomb, you still have to sit with that bomb. Um, and like people, people might try to still be a little bit generous with ah, or a clap. Yeah. But the the beginning and ending, like just clapping for everyone. That's like a, it's like a theater thing, you know. It's like this yeah. is just what what we do, and it is like congratulations. But the guys, I think, an all guy audience, a bar audience, especially, but just like a dude audience, it has more less of a supportive like yay, or you know, and it's yeah. more like 
all right, let's see what you got, you know, and that's, I will say, like, I think, yeah, it's going to be essential for anyone to go through a bunch of difficult situations eventually in comedy, just because that's still, our world is not, you know, a fluffy rainbow kind of a place, but some people, if they're not going to start and get into it, if they don't have that experience that initial yeah. experience they'll run away from it and so if we can get some of those people in who are talented and should be doing this um and then they they're still gonna have to run the gauntlet for years and years and years however they want to do this but you know yeah we probably are losing some talent to the um initial barrier just taking that leap and and mm-hmm. I, it honestly convinced me of the like uh, need for spaces like that, which is sound, f- I feel so fucking gay saying, no, but, but, I mean, l- yeah. but like, I was just like, fuck man. I was like, you know, if we want to fix this whole, there aren't enough women in comedy. It's like, it's a numbers game, man. You just have, we just need more women just on stage just being bad to do it. Yeah. Well, cause here's the thing. The majority of male comics aren't fucking funny, right? right. The majority of female comedians, if we had equal numbers, also would not be right. fucking funny. Yeah, we just need I am a hundred. I believe a hundred percent humor is split evenly amongst men and women. Yeah. Some people got it, some people don't. Right. We just need more shitty female comedians on stage. That way, we kind of some fill up the fucking population. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Because you need someone that looks like you that's mediocre, so you can go like, oh, I can do better than that. Because right. that's what gets you on stage is when you're like. I could do that or do better. I mean, I think about it because I had started comedy when I was 23 in Orlando, right before I was moving to New York anyway. And so I was on stage twice at this wonderful open mic that they had on Sundays. Um, And, uh, you know, where I did, I don't know, I don't know, it was five or seven minutes, but it was like, you know, I had I had memorized my thing and I went up there and I was so much better than all these fucking people who were, I mean, just a disaster at this mic. And so I was just crushing it with that and it was just like this is great and then i did one in dallas that was just weird because it was just like a few of my friends and a couple of random comics so it was just kind of like uh i don't know what to do in this situation i'm just gonna do my little one-man show that i have here and then um and then i moved to new york and then it took me a few months to even do it and then when i did it was just Eight comics in a basement, at any point four of whom would be outside smoking, and the th- the three that weren't you or weren't on stage would, like, just be on their phones and, like, glance up and, like, glance down. And that's what they did for everyone. It wasn't just to me for being... It was like, everybody. It was for everyone, and I was just like, this is what it's like. Um, I mean, I probably should have gone to another mic or two before yeah, quitting like, for the next four and a half horrible. years. But, yeah, I mean, that's a, t- that's a typical experience. And so now, it's, like, New York does have a much... There are spaces that are more welcoming to newer people, and you can, you know what I mean. And and there even a word back then I just didn't know, but it's, but more so now there are more welcoming places. But it, you, yeah, you think about it. I'm like, I quit for four and a half years. If I had moved to New York and my first mic had happened to be something that was like even a little bit more positive than that, maybe I wouldn't have quit. Yeah. You know. Damn. It's blows. Real shit. Mm-hmm. Conversely, on that. Uh, we were kind of talking about this before we were even recording, not even conversely, just like another aspect to that is like this need for female comedians and like, especially when there's such an emphasis on diversity, like people are putting more and more women in like better and better positions and like, and giving them better spots and shit. Right. Yeah. But that does create the problem of like, 
people who probably aren't the best but are like around and fuck we need somebody new and who don't really need this thing end up getting like time and positions where it's um, it might even does it even act to a disadvantage well, this is just I'm, a I, yeah I, i've been of multiple minds of this because i've i've watched it happen where and first of all let me just say i book shows in town and it is so difficult yeah to get it's like legitimately that's the thing to, though it's not as if this is like uh like a me being like we shouldn't be fucking like no we need to do this like this is like just a yeah. thought off of like a thing we're gonna have to keep doing in order right. to continue to book For women sure. but, but it it's is, like I is just, it a bad does it act to the detriment in some way well right at the because same time? it's it's i've seen it where i'm like so embarrassed for a woman who was given an opportunity that she wasn't really ready for and i've watched her I'd be like oh it's because you're this demographic like these these demographic things that they are trying to elevate voices and and look better and blah 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 and people and people want those perspectives that's the other thing some of it is just like you know in people in the industry too they're like oh gender queer people right now lesbian gender like they they're like yeah people of color all that like it's it's what people want and so they they're elevating this too just for purely capitalist reasons um but i've watched people who were not quite they were greener than the opportunity and i've watched them embarrass themselves and i know how much i would hate that but i also feel like yeah but then like the older dude comics who are successful most of them have stories about being given opportunities way before they were ready and just having to live up to it they have stories about time horrible times they had bombed or or like failed at something because they weren't ready for it and they just learned a lot from that so i doubt it's bad yeah really that makes sense you know it's like yeah we have to fucking learn how to yeah it's cause of doing business we have to learn to embarrass ourselves and be okay with that and fucking get up and fight another day so you know but but what i don't like booking shows and, and and you know presenting those to the world what the part that i that is dangerous is then the audience is seeing that woman fail and you're like oh so this is why we don't like them right so that is the thing that i think is detrimental to the person itself maybe not but then to the, the greater reputation of women being funny or not like so that's why i'm like because i try do- not to book women who aren't actually funny like it's one thing to give someone an opportunity you're not sure if they're ready to handle but yeah. like when you are booking women who aren't funny, I don't know. Because I do feel like whenever I go on stage, like I'm having to like defy two things. I'm like one, it's like look, yes, I'm fixing to talk about all the shit you think I'm fixing to talk about. Probably raping dead cats, yeah, and all the other things you assume of course. I'm about to talk about. But it's also, but then I have to be like two, but like, but I'm not. You're not fixing to get the thing that you're used to. Like you're not getting all the same beats, and like you have to right. convince people of that first. Where it's like you're not just going to get the woman bit into the fight the patriarchy like you maybe you will but it's not going to come in that package and it's right. not going to look like that and that's not going to really be the message it'll just be there right like i'm going to talk about pronouns and like weird gender things but it's never like but it's going to be so much fun for everyone yeah it's we're like, not preaching yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah so we have to fight that um stereotype about our people um so there's that but I mean, I also well, just I think, want to tell I them just don't saying, be think, that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I was just going to say it's because people see these, like, you know, comedians be put in a position that maybe they shouldn't have been in. Or maybe they just saw a really good comic on an off day, too, you yeah. know? Uh, and it's like, you see them do that material, and then it's bad. And so it's like, well, that must be, yeah, that's well, all that material is bad that way. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, fuck, no, it's not. It's not the, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. 
So I don't know, but it is hard to book um, good comics on, on all these shows, like, and, and to not book the same ones because part of the issue is because everyone wants to book the female comics who are funny, we're busy, you know. Yeah. And so the the funniest comics, you know, I'm asking, hey, can you do the show then? And it's like, no, I can't do that. Can't, okay, three weeks from okay, okay, well, so now I still got to plug a fucking the woman hole on this show. Let me go to the next comic. Yeah, because oh, in your heart, you you're like, I'm not doing it without one. I'm not doing it. And and well, I'll say at the Gatsby, a lot of times I'm the only vagina in the room, and I'm just like, thank God I'm here. And the, on a lot of times when I'm not there. It's all fucking dudes. And we try, but, you know, not everybody can hack it there is the thing. Because no. it's not just a matter of how funny you are, but you can't really do alt shit at Gatsby, you know. And, you, so. and that is also a space where it's like, no one's fucking caring about you there. You're not, you have you're to not, earn that audience. Yeah. Not, not just the audience, but like the comics. And then right. like, also it's like, it don't bring your sensitivity in here necessarily. Right. And like, you know, that's the thing where it's like, yeah, we need these spaces to get away from that. But at the same time, I love I that also space. Need women to come in there and like use yeah. this as a gym. Okay. Because if you want to do comedy outside of little alt rooms, you know, improv theaters and alt rooms and things. Yeah. Or even clubs that are somewhat safe for if to do your act. If you want to have the chops, then like like you go do 12 go, minutes in front of a bunch of service industry if, people. If I'll book you cuz and I'll tell you this what I do for a lot of women who are at least relatively funny. And I do this for everyone, not just for women, but every yeah, anyone who's relatively funny. We try at the Gatsby, have them on, but when people fail, I mean, I just cross their name out. I mean, and maybe consider it six months later. Uh, really? Again. Y'all do that at the Gatsby? 100% because I'm changing that place into something really cool. Okay. You know, and there's people who are passionate behind it. And so it's like, yeah. I mean, there are people who... And yeah, things have changed a lot at the Gatsby and it's a really cool place. But yeah, I want women to come do it. I want to build some fucking tough motherfuckers in yeah. this town. Wait, oh, uh, welcome to what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, turf. Yeah. We, uh, turf is something that we talk about on here uh, every now and then it's come up. Um, and we, I don't think we've ever explained it. And it's also just a term that you might hear tossed around, tossed around as an insult or something on the internet. And you, maybe you've, maybe you've even Googled it and you're just like, I think I get it, but you might so, not really know. So TERF is an acronym that stands for Trans-Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Um, yeah, and I like because it's also cute because, okay, it's like um, I see a bunch of feminists uh, living in a commune, you know, like folding their arms toward a bunch of trans people. Getting <laughs> off, get off our TERF, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah I kind of had that same thing in my that. head where it's like they're literally defending their turf. Yeah. Like, hmm. We've been but. doing this theoretical work since the 70s on gender, and you guys are clashing. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Why don't you start the explanation? I don't want to get in trouble. I mean, you're not getting in trouble. You, well, I'm still you, scarred from the time I got yelled at for being a turf by someone who didn't know me at all. Uh, so, I mean, look, people toss the word turf around pretty loosey-goosey yeah, these days. I think a lot of people don't know what it means who are using it. Well, no, I think the people that are using it knows what it means, but I think the way they're interpreting it, it's weird. So it's like... The way it's used commonly is like if you say something towards a trans person that person that could 
come off as seeming discriminatory ne- or exclu- negating of their gender yeah, or negating of their gender or exclusionary or keeping them apart from all womanhood right. and like femininity mm-hmm. in any way but in any way kind of distinguishes it, you yeah. as like not a real that trans person is not a real woman you could be called the turf for that right. more or less like you're being turfy you're being yeah. trans exclusionary yeah um the radical feminist thing doesn't really like play into it anymore. Like the ra- radical feminism's been over for a while. It was just such a cute word, um, I think that it, like it's we just well, left yeah, because but... but that's the thing. It's the sentiment I think of it that's still around. So right. I don't know. I think turfs are real things, right? Like there are definitely people out there that are very trans exclusionary. Like you know women only festivals hey, where it's oh. like only vagina havers can come and I was gonna like, ask about this someone on tinder used the woman spelling with a y and I was like isn't that a thing where that was a way of saying like uh, uh, vagina women yeah yeah because I've only seen it once I feel like it was in Austin it's interesting I was like oh wasn't expecting that to happen and yeah. then so, well some people also have like just seen that and done it without like really doing it as like a, a vagina they woman I not know it yeah, they're just doing they it's like taking. No, they're just taking the men out of it, so it's not like oh, there's no men in it, right? Interesting. So, it's, oh, so it's like a feminist move to be like, we don't need to spell women with men. Yeah, I see. I so think they that's might how not a lot be, of people have used it also. It might yeah, not that aren't mean about anything. the. Mm-hmm. Okay, but um, so uh, I'm trying to think. Well, so, well, can I, we talk I, about the theoretical? I think that like the origin of it being trans-exclusionary radical feminist comes from something real um even if people aren't really considering that part of it or it's become broader than that um but that's the foundation of this it was that like these trans women are just like men masquerading as women like colonizing our like female space so like one aspect of it over. was, yeah, like, hey, so these men are coming over and taking mm-hmm. over this. But the other aspect of it is like, well, so many feminists for a long while were really trying to argue that almost all differences between um, the sexes have to do with, that we see later on in life, um, have to do with how we're raised. And not that, and saying that there's little to no genetic difference between men and women other than like the strictest penis vagina situation yeah um like i mean and i and i say that it sounds like an exaggeration but like a friend of mine let me borrow a book because i had made some comment about physical strength differences inherent in you know uh the different hormone <laughs> profiles that are going on between men and women yeah and um so she had given me this book that was one of those feminist books just classic things where you start reading the chapter and it's like oh here's an example of crazy sex differences um that some people point to and go look how different the genders are and then uh here's a bunch of anecdotes and and statistics that are like maybe actually there's other things you know who knows what could happen if you know we faced babies out in the sling and um put green on them or whatever and you know, didn't yeah. pierce their ears, whatever. Um, and I, I think to me, it's always just been like, dude, yeah, for sure. If we treated um, penis and vagina babies the same, or generally try to let them steer the ship, and we didn't have all this cultural messaging, like there would for sure um, be a coming to toward each other about a lot of things. But it seems pretty clear that there are genetic differences. Um, 
But this book was really just like, and and not just that book. Like that's a, a and so the point is for people who think that um, gender is entirely a social construct, mm-hmm. and there are people who think it is entirely a social construct, then the concept of transitioning doesn't really make sense for them for a number of reasons. One, because you're kind of betraying their whole mission to get people to see that gender like that that you know, biology or like yeah, genitals and and hormones and how you act shouldn't have any effect anyway so why mm-hmm. would you need to trans- and then the other thing is like well it would be kind of crazy um if you believe that gender is a social construct to be like doing uh, medical interventions because um you know, one, you should be trying to push society forward into the the idea that gender is one amorphous blob. And two, like, you should just learn to accept yourself instead of doing surgery. I mean, that's what, that's the theoretical underpinnings of what people are calling radical feminism that excludes yeah. trans people. Um, so whatever you think of that, like, okay, great. But that's the idea. Not just someone who's like misgendering on purpose because they have a gut level reaction that's like, yep, I don't like that. There's two gender, whatever, you know. Yeah. That's, uh, that's very that's different. That's just something that somebody like doesn't agree with. It's a different that's thing. That's what we would call transphobic, just like what we, yeah. we used to call homophobic. That's exactly the same. Like a gut level reaction would be transphobic. Um but like if you're like having like a like a the classic turf example is like the all women music festival right. that like would not allow like trans women to like attend it right right that's so, classic kind of like turfy right so at that point yeah and there was a clash for a while between people like that they were having out overtly and publicly of like I mean, publicly to the extent that anybody gave a shit what women and trans people were doing (laughs) ever. Um, uh, But yeah, and like they kind of go over this in that Transparent show, which is such a great show. Um, But did you ever watch it? I watched the first couple seasons and I got bored. It's so good. No, it it was good for the first few seasons. And then I'm like, we get it. No, each season is different. You might check out season three. Actually, I can't remember if I finished season three, but who knows? I was like, (laughs) now that I think about it. It's like no, also it's like it. if I want to watch sad trans family drama, when almost like look at my own life. It does kind of get annoying, but yeah. So there's, um, yeah, that all women festival. I don't know. Do you think like, I mean, I guess it now it becomes kind of like saying, well, if you guys can have all black stuff, why can't we have all white stuff? If you guys can have all female stuff, why can't we have all male stuff? And it's like, well, if you guys can have all, you know, like all trans stuff, how come we can't have all vagina people stuff? Um, and it's like, well, cause of those two, you lose the, yeah, I mean, the victim Olympics. The, so you just can't, I don't know. <laughs> here's my thing. It's like, look, I'm fine with that festival saying that Yeah, and being exclusionary. I, th- I'm oddly this, oh God, I can't believe I'm going to say this oddly free market about how I think about it where sure. it's like, look, it's like you sure have your all vagina woman festival, but like. If you suddenly can't make money or press is right, so bad that it takes you out, like, you know, like, fucking well, that's how I feel about the free gay market taking care of it. stuff, too. Like, if someone is, if someone's religious 
um, convictions make them feel uncomfortable about baking a cake, I don't think they should have to yeah. bake a cake. Uh, also, I don't want to go to your fucking music festival right, if you don't want, don't want to, me well, exactly. there. I don't want to support a baker who doesn't like gay people. Just like, you know, it's like we mostly don't eat at Chick-fil-A, right? Uh, although ever since we had that conversation, every time I pass a Chick-fil-A, like, it's mm, become, good. oh, it's so wrong now. Yeah. yeah it's just like, I, I don't want to support a, a baker who doesn't like gay people. I don't want to support, like if I know that, you know, I don't want to support a festival. So, so it's like, yeah, you can just vote with your dollar and your support. And so if someone wants to organize it, I guess, but then like, but then how that functions isn't that I don't think like people who like trans people or trans allies are going to the government and saying, you need to shut this down. They are going to like, to tell people, Hey, Hey, by the way, um, this festival is excluding trans people just so you know what's up with that. So you can, and not only that, but then eventually, Someone's going to start a different thing that like right. lets everybody in. Right. And then the shitty people will go to one and we don't have to deal with or them. Or maybe people who are just only attracted to vagina people who are like, dude, this is supposed to be a hookup fest for people who are just, just vagina on Well, that's vagina different action. than like a, the festival that it was. Right. Yeah. Like, the festival if it, it was. If it was like a like... hookup thing, it's like, that makes right. perfect sense. If you're like, no, like we're all only attracted to vagina people. Yeah. This isn't a statement or an indictment of like your gender identity. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but if it's like they're doing poetry and shit, like, who, who may as well fucking let, I mean, who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. You're doing your boring ass, you know, feminist shit. Like, you know, why do you care who's there? Oh, my God. If you can get anybody interested in your dumb, boring shit, like, <laughs> you need the numbers, I assume. No, oh, they're radical feminists. They were, I'm glad they're gone. Well, or dying, at least. In caves, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, but, I mean, I have my own, um, question you know like uh the whole question of how to what extent gender is a social construct um and to what extent it would make sense for me to change my body or anything like i mean i don't know what to think about all that stuff i mean so i mean i do think that gender is like a purely social construct but i think that like where we misstep is like we kind of we we let that fact be a little bit deterministic Mm -hmm. so because it is a social construct we have all these like drawn out consequences that you enumerated earlier right Mm -hmm. as opposed to going okay we know for sure that gender is constructed it's we've like made this up and we've like instituted it into our reality at the same time we also know that this biology that we have is very real and Mm -hmm. we can't necessarily escape that either and that that biology would exist outside of any sort of social construct. So now we have to take these two things and think of them together. And I think that's where we're slowly moving. It's like Mm -hmm. being okay with those two things being distinct yet separate, that they seem oppositional, like they should cancel each other out. It's like, no, no, like they're both true. And we just kind of have to mediate a little space between them going, this is my biology right now. And I'm matching this onto the construct. And I think so back and forth. The idea is if any gender could be mapped onto any body, um, then why do you need to change your body to fit what society's old stereotype was of who should be well, because feminine? Just because it's a thing that we've constructed doesn't mean that it doesn't fundamentally shape our reality. Totally. So, like, that's well, that's kind of like being like, well, if you know you're in the Matrix, like, why even learn to, like... Um, why do we keep working? It's like, well, because I'm still stuck in right, the matrix. In like, matrix. I'm still having to fucking like go to my shitty fake right. job, but it's my shitty fake job because I need to eat my fake food, or otherwise I'm going to die in the matrix and get 
local but fighting said to so some people, people would say like yeah but if you change your body to be more like what the stereotype of femininity is the stereotypical feminine body is yeah. then instead you could be doing more work pushing the culture into a place that recognized that a male body could also be this feminine um but instead you're kind of like being a little selfish and saying no i would rather um just yeah. change myself to be like society but, is now than change society but but that that assumes only one goal that assumes that i want to do that first off mm, yeah. and that our goal should be to push people well, and that see, way. that's the, my other thing is like i like femininity and masculinity yeah, being and these then, separate things the other thing is like too that assumes that like if I like change my body, then this is never going to happen as opposed to which is happening now, particularly and has been for a while since, uh, you know, well, Stonewall, like back in the seventies, like in the black queer scene, like very masculine men being very feminine, wearing very like long, wonderful gowns, dresses, like making masculinity and like a masculine body appear feminine, like without doing anything medical to it. Right. Right. So like that presupposes those two things are mutually exclusive that you either have to have this medical thing going on. And if you do, then you can't make this like masculine body do that. Why can't, like it is happening, I do my medical thing and then have friends that do their other thing that right. don't want to do that. Yeah, it's like there's just every combination of everything. Yeah. And yeah. But that's what I'm saying, but that type of thinking is oddly deterministic because it leads to that. Well, well like, that's path. why that's why the feminists, like these radical feminists are annoying because like people who are in academia like that get that way where they're like, I have a theory and this is it. And so it's like, it well, you can work be yourself. Little... Yeah, you back yourself into a fucking right. corner. And so, yeah, that's why it's like, whereas if you just kind of live in the fluidity of like what culture Whoever's and fucking cool is fucking cool man yeah it's just, just not be do, dicks about it yeah um yeah it's like not i mean i guess you could think like but what if it's having a negative effect on us it's like we can't really see mm-hmm. we don't there's so many variables about what may or may not happen in society it's and like, i'm egotistical and i think it's egotistical as fuck you think, think you can predict you that you know, or know how that. to make the yeah. world a better place in terms of like gender and sexuality yeah. stuff like fuck uh, that. You know, probably not we're all probably gonna die before it matters anyway so just like, you know, for nuclear or global mm-hmm. climate change, you know, whatever. You want to take a poppers break and then do the fetish of the week? Sure. The sexual fetish of the week. Fire. Motherfucking fire. Sweet. That sounds... It's pretty hot. Right. Yeah. I thought it was, I, it's for me, it's one that I've never been into, but always really admire. Cause I it's just, like, it's like elemental. It like goes back to the beginning of time. People have like had fire and like, mm-hmm. it's a thing that's like alluring to watch and like the, like eroticizing of fire. I think it's like so fucking cool, but like, I'm deathly afraid of being burned in any sort of way. I don't like a lot of sensation play like that or anything intense but i think it's so interesting that people are the people that are into it well i certainly don't know what all people do with fire and i'm excited to find out i will say i just had this side note thought like you know in movies or xena or whatever where like someone would get a wound or like especially like an arrow through the arrow carterize it yeah like those scenes when they would do a sword in the yeah fucking hurt so bad i know but like don't you love those scenes no i hate that shit 
Like I, <laughs> I kind of want to have that. You medical fetish motherfucker. That's what yeah. that is. That's oh, you being it's like. Not, it doesn't even mm. feel sexual to me. It's just it's like an intensity thing of like oh, I would. I'm curious to see how intense that would feel. Yeah, that's a sexual. Well, that's for like a lot of some people in the fire think that's what it is. Is like that intense like interest. reaction. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. So it's got to be very deep, very primal, right? Any sort of reaction to fire, I think, is yeah. kind of like, hits it's that true. like guttural level, that instinctual level. But what are people into fire? Well, obviously all involves heat, but like, uh, you can just have like, you know, it's not technically fire play, but, uh, you know, candle waxes and things like that. Yeah. Like just, that's just heat. But then there are people who do like fire cuppings, like, you know, the, uh, suction cup like uh thing that people do on their backs like acupuncture to like yeah. help with move so people do that but with fire where uh through a process of having like a stick that's essentially in flames and like these metal cups they will heat up the cup to like uh. ch- have a change in pressure due to temperature and, like do these intense cuppings on the back that like you know leave big marks and hickeys sure. and stuff like that um that's the most common and most popular thing that okay. I've seen at least. It's like when people are say they're into fire play, that's what they're talking about. They're like okay. doing those types of cuppings. Heating um, cups up on your back. Okay. Yeah. You've seen it. They're like those giant cylinders. I've had them. I've just like, yeah. They look like a massage or something. In but... fucking Beauty and the Beast, the cover that goes over like the rose, the glass like yeah, thing. It's yeah. Like essentially... kind of thing. But they're heating up those things and just leaving yeah and i don't know the science behind it i've never looked into it but i've watched people haven't done to them before Mm -hmm. uh because typically at parties like if it's not a private scene sometimes people even invite someone to come watch and like fire people a little showy you know they're a little i mean yeah yeah, it makes sense so um so there's that then there's the classic uh torture scenario where you're being burned and like tortured with things. So uh, that can either be flames, like just flames licking at the bottom of your feet or like on different like body parts and like heating that up. Like, uh, I mean, I guess people can do blisters with it, but not necessarily. Um, And then the whole like coals, like hot coals, um, Mm -hmm. having to like hold like a push up position over hot coals or like doing different things like that. Like the fire comes into play or over candles. Mm -hmm. Um, there are people that are into actually being set on fire, okay. but that's like a whole nother level. Don't try this at home, folks. Yeah. I mean, a lot of parties that you go to will have like disclaimers at the bottom where it's like no fire play. Like yeah. you're not doing that in my house. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It'll be it'll be like shit, like no suspensions, like no hanging somebody from the ceiling. No, yeah. We're not hanging yeah, or no, burning anybody. No breath play, no rope around neck, no fire play. Yeah. Gotcha. Or like asterisk by one of those where it's like, if you want to do this really bad, let me know and we'll see if we can work something out. Yeah. Where it's that's like, very sweet. <laughs> um, have you ever done anything akin to fire play? Anything in that film? Room? No. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't like, I like being uncomfortable, but that's a little too scary for me. Yeah. When I was It's uncontrollable. I think I've told you before that when I was like six or seven and like Star Wars was out and stuff, I I did used to fantasize about being like roasted over a fire, but like not, you wouldn't actually, I don't know. I think I, in my brain, I did have like a weird way of holding both like the idea of being killed and not being killed and like it, it was a sex thing it was kind of a i don't know it's very strange but anyway <laughs> yeah i did used to fantasize about it just because it seemed hot to me that particular 
you know, you're uh, you're tied up, you, your movement's restricted, and, and this, like, dangerous thing. Is, and it was because, like, the village people, the people of the village would all dance, be, like, dancing around you, like, oh, yay, we're going to yeah. have our way with this person that we're all, you know, so... God, anyway. you're kinkier than you know. I know. <laughs> I just, I, you know. Fuck this exploring the boy side of you. That's where we need to go is that kinky side. Yeah. So, but yeah, I yeah, thought that was both. a simple, easy. Yeah, I'm just curious uh, what other people do with fire because that kind of sounds like pretty limited. I think other people probably have lots of weird things they do with fire. I'm curious about. So if any of our listeners are into fire stuff, let us know what uh, what you guys get up to. I mean, I think, of course, there's probably specific fetishes of, like, I love the idea of being, like, trapped in a burning building and the flames licking around me and then a fireman comes and saves Ooh, me. Oh, that's fun. Like a but, 9-11 fantasy or something. <laughs> wouldn't that be horrible to, like, have order. the realizations, like, yeah, I'm a 9-11 fetishist. <laughs> I have to. I didn't know until that day when I watched those towers fall. Yeah. That was my thing. Well, and then you find yourself just needing to jump out of higher and higher floors <laughs> to, in order to get off. Oh, I was thinking they were they would like be paying exorbitant fees for like different angles of like cell phone footage. Like, yeah, this is a rare nineteen. Like, you know, oh. this is shot on like a old Samsung. It's pretty pretty exclusive to have it at that time. And they were actually done on Forty Third Street. That's more Street. of like an Asperger's hobbyist. I'm talking about someone no, who's but like, no, but they're masturbating to these. Okay, like, that's sure. their fetish. You can only master. You can only get off to. The buildings the, falling, the, the planes crashing, or the buildings falling. I yeah, like. Some, there's two different categories of these people. Some <laughs> like the fall. Some like the hit. We're like here, here. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like a you have the a build up. No, not quite yet. Oh, there it is. You know. Yeah, um, yeah, you could, yeah. That or you could be someone who's into, um, you know, pretending your building got a uh, hit. Maybe someone setting fire to a treehouse you're in or something. That could be a big. Uh, yeah. night for you or maybe you could be you need to be in the plane and just hope that one or day you're like the planes have so already can... hit the flames are climbing you're like mm-hmm. we gotta fuck if we're dead yeah. we gotta fuck now yeah maybe you just it's just like a, a, a plane of an airplane sex thing but you like to pretend that it's been hijacked by uh, terrorists and yeah you've got 30 seconds to fuck that's pretty hot mm-hmm. 9-11 finish that seems like not a bad not and a bad gamble. Some fun stuff going on in a night. You can come fetish. back as a ghost because you're haunted. You know you're not finished. You get some supernatural play. Mm-hmm. Some people who like to pretend they're a ghost fucking them. You know, nine eleven ghost fetishist. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Well, we invented a new fetish. I feel pretty good yeah, about our work good. this week. I think that's where we'll leave it. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone. This has been another recording of Gender Fluids from NPR and Safe Space Studios. We're broadcasting on 66.6 FM. That's KFUX. Peace.